I have to give you guys a small disclaimer before we get to the show. If I'm sounding particularly strange today, it may be because right before I started recording, one of my asshole dogs jumped up onto my lap and one of her paws landed a direct hit onto my left one. It was one of those ones, fellas, you're going to get this. It was one of those ones where I wasn't sure if I felt like I couldn't breathe or that I actually couldn't breathe. Either way, it hurt. It still hurts. Welcome to the Atomic Skull Podcast, everybody. My name is Matthew, and I'm starting right up top with the world's smallest flex because it is actually something I am very proud of. I have reached 55 star reviews on Spotify. I know that might sound like small potatoes. In the grand scheme of things, it is small potatoes, but it's a fucking big deal for me, and I mean that. The term grassroots doesn't even begin to describe how bottom of the barrel this shit show was and is. I started with a piss poor fraction of an idea to just talk a bunch of shit, tell some dick jokes and bitch about movies. There's no advertising. There's no hot girls flashing their titties trying to get you to listen. If that's something that sounds appealing to anybody, atomicskullpodcast at gmail.com, I'd be happy to do my best to pursue that. I feel like it would be one hell of an ad campaign. All I have is my own personal whoring and begging to get people to listen and my most powerful artillery is you guys and that's what got me here and it gives me a chance to say a very heartfelt thank you at the beginning of the episode to everyone who's been kind enough to give me a five-star rating it means all of it to me i have more listeners than i ever thought i would i have more instagram followers than i ever thought i would still working on the whole tiktok thing but we will get there but i am utterly grateful and amazed that i have reached this point and i truly have you guys to thank for that literally i would be nothing without you we now return you to your regularly scheduled self-loathing the next thing that i want to do is go over a list of the top 26 things i hate about myself in alphabetical order we're gonna start with my adam's apple and how weirdly shaped it is and then b is going to be for my back hair, which is more than just a nuisance. I would describe it as a fucking catastrophe. I hope you guys are all getting comfortable because we have a lot of letters to go. This may end up being my longest show to date. All right, all right. I can hear you guys rolling your eyes at me right now, so I'll move on. I will save the rest of the list, and you're goddamn right. I have an actual list on deck, but I maybe I'll save it for like a birthday episode or something. So because we didn't do it last week at all, let's start off with the best and worst of the week. Best of the week is going to very unsurprisingly be Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And that's also going to be our first Marvel Ho alert in a very long while. I'm going to do my best, of course, to talk around spoilers for the movie because I refuse to be that guy. But I loved it so much, so I need to dive in at least a little bit. First of all, I cried three separate times. And I say that with no shame whatsoever. The first time I cried was the same time in the movie that everyone else cried. If you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The second time was at something Gamora said that has a lot of very personal and painful backstory for me that I have absolutely no intention of sharing because there's zero chance that I can make it funny. The third one was, and this is going to be like a small spoiler but it's like as mild as white people salsa it was during the scene with dog days are over by florence and the machine there is something about flo's music in particular 
that hits me right where I live in a way that I don't like but can't help revisiting. I'm not sure if anyone else has that, but it's another little thing that I hate about myself. I'm gonna be peppering little self-hatreds into this whole episode just to see how many I can squeeze in before you guys get genuinely mad at me. I'm like a pink polo sporting douchebag bro trying to, air quotes, accidentally do butt stuff and try to get away with it. Except the butt part is your guys' ears and the stuff part is my self-loathing. I don't know why it is I even fucking have all of these depressing songs that I somehow justify listening to on a regular basis to myself. You would think that I would have the wherewithal to at some point fucking tell myself, hey jackass, maybe listening to a bunch of depressing songs when you're in a good mood is counterproductive, but nope. I still can't fucking do it. Can't stop, won't stop, right? And then when I'm actually fucking depressed, I somehow use algebra that I can barely remember from high school to try and tell myself that listening to two depressing songs in a row will somehow create a positive. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, that doesn't make any kind of sense. Bitch, life doesn't make any kind of sense. But back to my point, James Gunn is so amazing with his music choices and placement in the Guardians movies in particular. And he took a dramatic, sad-sounding song like Dog Days Are Over and made it completely and utterly cathartic. And it was so wonderful. I can't wait to watch the movie again just for that particular moment alone. Now, whenever I hear that song, at least a small part of me will think about it being in the Guardians movie and I'll be a little bit happy. And that's a total fucking win. The cast of the flick all excellent. They've done enough movies together at this point where their chemistry and charisma with each other looks effortless. The story was great. The music was as spot on as the other movies. And of course, the movie is hysterical. Another huge highlight for me was, and my ignorant ass is going to probably mispronounce the shit out of this just for your entertainment, Chuck Woody Iwuji as the main villain of the movie. Dickhead fanboys give a lot of shit to comic book movies in particular for having plain ass mayo on white bread blend in with the furniture villains, which I'm not going to disagree with. Check out the extremely talented Mads Mikkelsen being criminally underused in the first Doctor Strange movie for a perfect example of the blandest villain you have ever seen. The solution that everyone has come to when they bitch about all the bad guys, I guess, is that the villains need to have human and relatable qualities to be successful. Apparently, I missed that meeting. I was not invited. I do like it when a villain is, you know, likable and relatable and charismatic, but for me, the best villains are usually the ones that are so fucking evil and awful that I will watch whatever it is I have to as long as I get to see them get their fucking asses kicked. Think Ramsay Bolton from Game of Thrones. And Iwuji in Guardians 3 played that asshole to a T. Every scene he was in, my blood boiled just a little bit more. And that, for me, makes for a great bad guy in any story. The movie is a huge recommend. Even if you wait for it on Disney+, Plus, all three movies make for a killer trilogy. The first movie came out of nowhere, and that's a little layered Easter egg joke for all you extra nerdy nerds out there. The second one held up really well, and then this one brought it home just perfectly. It didn't end like I thought it would. 
I don't want to give anything away by saying it, so I'm just going to keep it very ambiguous, but it didn't end like I thought it would. For those of you who have seen the flick, reach out to me and I will totally expand on that. For worst of the week, apparently, is myself. Mrs. What's-Her-Name and I got into a conversation last week where she made me promise to chastise myself on the show for never having seen one single episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. And I'm supposed to invite you guys to also chastise me. Look, Ed Kemper cut off his own mother's head and then had sex with it. Michael Jackson got pink eye from spending so much time looking into little boy's brown eyes. Shelly Miscavige is still missing and best case scenario is dead. But somehow I'm the total piece of shit because I've never watched a show about a burger flipping sponge with Pete Davidson teeth. In completely unrelated news, the couch in our living room really doesn't hurt your back too bad if you sleep on it every night for a week. It's just a little extra FYI for you there. That is going to bring me to my gold star question because I've also never seen any of the Toy Story movies. I've never seen a Christmas story. There is a whole slew of shit that I haven't seen that I guess makes me the next fucking Harvey Weinstein. So my gold star question to you guys is what is the thing you haven't watched that people have shamed you for the most? Maybe even I've shamed you for it. Something that makes you feel like an absolute criminal. Reach out to me and tell me so I don't feel so alone with this whole thing. Atomic Skull Podcast at gmail.com. At Atomic Skull Podcast on the Instagrams and the TikToks. My DMs are aching for your answer. Zero dollars for the first minute and zero dollars for each additional minute. Another little bonus worst of the week is the Writers Guild of America strike, which has put everything nerds are waiting for to a screeching halt right now. This same thing happened in 2006 and it ruined a lot of movies and TV shows. Not that it's a big deal on a surface level. There's plenty of other shit for us to watch. It's not like we're all out of content. It barely affects me overall. I'm still watching the same old fucking movies and shows that I'm comfortable with like a total piece of shit instead of watching all the new stuff I promised myself that I would. But it's a pisser for all of the crew that work behind the scenes on these shits that aren't getting paid because the people who have the money don't want to pony up some of it to the ones who are writing all this shit out of thin air. Eventually, they're going to come to some sort of agreement anyway, but who knows how long we're going to have to wait for that. It sucks that it even gets this far. There's a billion little nuances that I am ignorantly not educating myself about with this whole thing, and I'm totally aware of that. So this is, at best, a lukewarm hot take, but I can't imagine there's any information that I'm going to learn that's going to change my mind about being on the side of the writers. I got to give a quick congratulations to Robert De Niro, who at 79 Years Fun celebrated the birth of his seventh child last week. Dude is way beyond retirement age and is putting up Nick Cannon numbers. I'm not unimpressed. I actually have a really good bit about raging balls and milking old nipples and a bunch of other De Niro movie references that would work just perfectly with this story, but I can't do a De Niro impression worth a shit to save my life. So unfortunately, y'all are going to have to miss out on that. Just pretend that I did do it and that it was really funny. Tell your friends. 
since this episode is pretty much becoming a one-stop shop for all your pop culture news, I really don't like this whole terminology, but one thing I didn't have on my 2023 bingo card is the wacky fucking artists who have no business doing amazingly good covers of Ozzy Osbourne songs. A couple of weeks ago, we did T-Pain's cover of War Pigs as song of the week, and I am still listening to that motherfucker often. If you haven't checked it out, it is seriously a fucking game changer. Listen to it. It's so good. And then a couple of days ago, Carrie Underwood, who I love, went on the Howard Stern show and did a cover of Mama, I'm Coming Home that sounded incredible. As of right now, it's only on YouTube or I guess SoundCloud if you've ever done drugs at a rave or have face tattoos. Carrie Underwood is probably the most talented person to come out of American Idol and she's got some hits for sure. I'm not the biggest fan of a lot of newer country music, but she is definitely carrying the Patsy, Dolly, Reba, Loretta torch for sure. She's like Faith Hill and Shania Twain, except likable. Ooh, look at that. That hot take summer is coming in hard for you. And the deeper it gets, I promise you guys, the hotter it's going to fucking get. A couple of months working at the dildo store and suddenly every word that comes out of my mouth is going to be annoyingly overtly sexual. Jesus, take the wheel. Right? You see what I did there? Anybody? (laughs) Please don't turn this show off. I hope that the Aussie trend continues where unexpected artists are doing amazingly good covers of his songs. NIB and No More Tears are two favorites of mine. And I would love to see a couple of random motherfuckers tackle both of those. I love Ozzy. I have always loved Ozzy. I am even one of the very few hardcore fans who loved when he did the Osbournes and the whole family came with him. I knew that Sharon was a bitch. I knew his kids were fucking crazy. I knew that he was just kind of cluelessly walking around listening to what everybody else wanted him to do. And seeing that show was definitely one of those things. I think it started a lot of the, you know, that trashy reality TV, just like Jerry Springer back in the day. But I fucking loved it. If you ever have a chance to see the Osbournes, it's a fucking dumpster fire of a shit show. And you will laugh your ass off. It is fucking 10 out of 10. It's great. Speaking of being annoyingly overtly sexual, let's get into the Dildo Chronicles. This week... I wanted to take a little bit of a left turn. I have been in customer-facing positions for pretty much all of my career. And one of the things that never ceases to amaze me is the complete and utter ignorant stupidity of Johnny and Jane average person. And it isn't necessarily that I'm always dealing with stupid people, but I've seen a lot of stupid moments. An example of that at the last job before this one would be people walking into Best Buy and asking where the electronics section is. Bitch, it is literally all around you. (laughs) And I mean, let's call it like it is. There's a lot of stupid fucking people out there. But throughout my career, what I've gotten for the most part has been small snapshots of people. And we collectively don't all put our best feet forward all the time, always. But because my moments with people that I see at work are so fleeting, I can't usually discern between stupid moments and stupid people. So what I want to do this week is talk not about stupid people, but about stupid moments. But I'm going to make them dildo flavored. Before I start the roasting, 
I think it would be only fair to give you guys a couple of my most ridiculous dumb bitch moments. I'm not a stupid person. Probably. I'm probably not a stupid person. That much. Mostly. And if you're thinking to yourself, oh my god, with the self-loathing, hold that thought until you hear what I have on deck, because you can bet your sweet ass that I've had a couple of doozies. The first one was when I was 17. Way, way, way back in... 1922 probably the actual year doesn't really matter but i was 17 and i went to that music box company store that they have in the malls way back in the day and i bought literally the cheapest music box they had in the store no bullshit my broke unemployed ass walked in pretended to look the dude in the eye i don't look people in the eye very often but I, i'm really good at faking it and asked him for the cheapest music box he had which i bought for my girlfriend at the time four or five days after i bought the fucking thing it stopped working i couldn't get it to do anything and my raging unbalanced teenage hormones were beyond pissed so my introverted ass goes all the way back to the mall, sweaty and shaking into the music box place, ready to light the dude up for selling me a lemon. I mean, not really. At that age, I was in no position confidence-wise to light up anybody for anything. I brought the fucking thing in, and I told the guy that it stopped working after three days. The dude says not one single word to me. When I think back to that moment, and I do often, I remember him letting a tiny crack of a smile escape one side of his mouth. He may have let out a huge fart trying to hold in his gut-busting laughter, but I also may be adding that part in for comedic effect. Dude grabs the music box, flips it over, winds it up, flips it back over, opens it, and it works like a fucking charm. He is kind enough to stay completely silent while I put the music box back in the bag and take the walk of shame out of the store. A fun fact about that, and this is completely true, every time I went to that mall after that one particular trip, I would go out of my way to avoid even walking by that music box store because I was so fucking embarrassed. Another time I feel like I have to mention because I got roasted for it years afterwards, and I'm going to suggest that my badass mother-in-law CJ throw on some earmuffs for this one. The bad news for you guys is that I don't remember the actual moments of the event, but I remember the aftermath very clearly. Here is what I know about what happened. I was around 24-ish. I had ran into a girl that I used to work with somewhere at a store or a coffee shop, I don't know, somewhere. The venue doesn't really matter. I should mention that this girl was a cutie. She was a total cutie pie and she was funny and she had good taste in music. Anyone who knows me even a little knows that I am already in trouble. Now, before I get too far into what happened or more importantly, what didn't happen, spoilers, I need to tell you guys two things about me. One, I flirt with everybody. Man, woman, gay, straight, bi, Thai, animal, mineral, or vegetable. Vegetable meaning paraplegic. They tend to get least offended by my flirting. A highlight of the teamwork that Mrs. What's-Her-Name and I have built over the endless years it seems like we've been together is that when we're out and about and we are in need of something, we will see who it is that we have to talk to to get whatever it is we need, and whichever one of us is best suited for that, we'll go get it done. For any straight dude... I will immediately just tell Mrs. What's-Her-Name, go have your boobs, tell them what we need. If it's gay dudes or old ladies, I have that shit on lock. I don't know what it is, 
but the old ladies go fucking gaga over me for some reason. And I suppose I should be grateful for that. When I was younger, I had zero confidence in myself, and I always wished that I could get more women to be interested in me, and now that that's happened, I realize it and I'm appreciative, but I feel like I should have been more specific. That, by the way, is a total ripoff of an old Margaret Cho joke, but I'm stealing it more for the accuracy than for the comedic value. And I have spoken in other episodes about how much the gay boys love me. So that's a nice little program that Mrs. What's-Her-Name and I have to make our way through this whole mess of everyday life. And that's thing number one that I'm taking the scenic route to telling you guys is that I will flirt with anybody. The second thing about me that's prevalent to this particular story is that I am not really awesome with social cues. The number of times I have inadvertently over or understayed my welcome as a guest in someone's house is staggering. I have accidentally turned down tons of free shit, completely missed out on invites to a bunch of places, missed subtle hints, missed nuanced things, the whole ass schmear. I've learned about myself that I'm not good at reading situations, so I have gotten pretty good at reading people. Unfortunately, in this scenario that I'm about to tell you when I was 24 and face-to-face with the former co-worker, current cutie, I wasn't good at reading situations or people. So I was out. You know what? I do remember where I was. I was at a coffee with my bestie at the time. He was a gay dude who acted just like me, except way more butch, if you can believe Who am I kidding? Of course you can fucking believe that. I don't remember much about the particular event. I remember that we were in line at coffee and she ended up walking in and I said hello and she and I talked for like 10 minutes. We had a great conversation. She grabbed the coffee that she ordered while we were talking and then sent something along the lines of, okay, I'll see you around and left. That is literally all I can remember about what was said. So the coworker cutie leaves. And as soon as she is out of eyesight, my bestie slaps my arm about as hard as any gay man has ever slapped it. And believe me when I tell you that my arm has been slapped by many a gay man. He goes off on me like a lispy Christian Bale on a movie set. What the fuck is wrong with you? I am speechless trying to figure out what the fuck it was that I did. I thought I made him mad. He is like, I have never seen a sober woman blatantly throw herself at a guy so fucking hard in my entire life. You two could have cut through the flirting with a fucking knife. I'm surprised you guys didn't fuck right on top of the espresso machine. I caught none of that as she and I were talking. So I'm like, fuck, let me go outside and get her number or something. And he stops me and he's like, if you run out there now, you're gonna look like a desperate idiot. You had your chance and you fucking missed it. He and I sat down for our weekly coffee and he literally went in on me for a fucking hour about how he couldn't believe how badly I missed that shot. He was flabbergasted. And let me assure you guys that the story of my oblivious ass comedically missing my shot like that has a lot of friends. So those are a couple of samples of moments where I have been breathtakingly stupid when I was younger. And I assure you there is more where that came from. But I think I've embarrassed myself enough for one episode. So let's move on to some stupid dildo chronicle moments. My opening bid is the very often asked, do you guys have lube? No. 
This is a sex store where we sell copious amounts of massive things that you're supposed to put in your body, but we insist that you do it completely dry. If you can't get this 13-inch double dong inside you without any kind of moisture, what are you even doing with your life, you fucking loser? Again, I'm not saying these are stupid people. They're just stupid moments. Now, the bad news. I had a dude come in that didn't know the difference between a clit and a G-spot. And when I say didn't know the difference, what I mean is that I don't think he realized either one of them existed. So not only did I have to explain to him that they were a thing, but I had to explain the difference between the two, which he then went on to repeatedly, as in multiple times, confuse the two when talking about it. The worst news, he's an employee. And while it was comedy gold watching him mix up clit and G-spot to a woman who is coming in looking for a toy, it was utterly gut-wrenching watching her walk out the door without buying anything because he literally didn't know what he was talking about. I didn't even need to hear her in her monologue to know that she probably spent the whole way to her car wondering if there was any man in the world who actually knew how her home entertainment center down there functioned. Meanwhile, same guy same day, right? So these two gay dudes come in. And you guys, when I say these two dudes were gay, I'm not talking about your run-of-the-mill, Streisand-worshipping, tank-top-sporting, bleach-blonde, part-time at the fancy fashion boutique gay. These two delightful men, and they were truly a joy to talk to. I talked to him for a couple minutes were gayer than Elton John's cock ring. They were gayer than a rainbow fanny pack. They were gayer than eating ass for brunch. Their lisp had a lisp. You guys, I could do a whole episode of just these metaphors, but I have to imagine you get the point. So the employee is helping these two dudes and asks them if they want to buy any clit stimulation cream. They looked at him like, dude, are you fucking headless? (laughs) Seriously? Any two of the five senses that you have, and take your pick, any two you want, would tell you that these guys were gay. And yes, they did smell fucking fantastic, as they should. Point I'm trying to make to you guys is the best of us have our worst moments, and the worst of us have our best moments. And most of us fall somewhere right in the middle. I'm not sure if that point actually landed, but as long as you guys laughed, we're doing all right. Now, for song of the week... I had someone slide into my DMs recently and talk to me about listening to the playlist of all the previous songs of the week. And they had told me, you know, I respect your taste. And I know I can count on the fact that even if I don't like every song of the week that you pick, you're not going to have any shitty K-pop or any of that kind of garbage on here. Good job, man. Honey. Baby. Come on now. Don't you dare think for a second that there aren't some fucking K-pop killers out there that deserve to be heard. So that's the road that we are going to go down today. And if you're not normally a fan of that genre, I'm going to ask you to reserve judgment until you hear the song that I'm about to give you guys. I'm going to be picking a song by BTS. And the reason that I'm picking BTS is because every fucking time I talk about them, my fucked up asshole macabre brain says BTK at least once. For those of you who don't know, BTK is the nickname for the serial killer Dennis Rader. BTK stands for Bind, Torture, Kill. The more you know. 
And while the song itself is good, and I recommend you listen to it on the Atomic Skull Podcast Songs of the Week playlist on Spotify, I extra recommend that you check out the music video for the song because those boys in BTS put in work with their moves. Literally, if you look up the translation of the Korean parts of the song, the lyrics in the song are part English and part in Korean. The song talks about how much effort and hard work they put into their success. And I fucking love it. It is pure energy and it is catchy as all get out. This week's song of the week is Dope by BTS. It is basically their bye bye bye. I will be the first to admit that bye 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 in sync, if you don't know, but you should, is a fucking pop masterpiece. And you know what? This song might actually be better. No bullshit. Go listen and tell me that I am wrong. And that is it, you guys, for me yelling at you this week about all my usual garbage. Next week, we are going to talk a little bit about Beetlejuice. They announced a sequel to one of my favorite movies of all time, and you bet your sweet asses I have some thoughts. I got a few really weird and borderline disgusting responses to last week's Gold Star question about your favorite food combination. So I'm thinking of trying a few of the strangest concoctions I got sent to me during last week's episode and giving you a full report. And of course, whatever other shit pops into my asshole brain, I'll be sure to pass the savings along to you. You guys, I hope you're doing well out there. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and to reach out to me about whatever the fuck it is you want to talk about. I am always game for it. Never be afraid to slide into my DMs with anything that you want me to talk about on the program. And I'll be sure to do my best to respond in between selling dildos. And of course, be sure to answer my gold star question for the week. Thank you for everything all the time, always to each and every one of you. Please follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Atomic Skull Podcast. Subscribe to my bullshit on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and give me five stars. Cannot wait to share my next big milestone with you guys. And it is so, so close. It's right around the corner. I think at least one of my balls that my dog stepped on is rolling around on the floor over here. So I have to go find it. Apologies to my mother-in-law and how are you doing? 